Welcome to the Business as Mission podcast, dedicated to those who long to see God glorified in business and the nations reached for Christ. Your host is Mike Bayer, longtime BAM leader and founder of Third Path Initiative, an online education resource for starting and growing BAM businesses around the world. So welcome to another episode of the Business is Mission podcast. I am here today with my friend, new friend, Mike Henry, a follower of one. Uh, Mike and I were introduced by a mutual friend. And uh, besides the fact that we both graduated from high school in Memphis, Tennessee, we actually hit it off pretty well and uh, enjoyed our conversations, smiled a lot, laughed a lot. And we found so many things we have in common. In particular, the mission that God has given Mike with Follower of One. So we immediately said, "Okay, we got to get on the podcast. We got to talk about this and hear the story." So, so Mike, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you, brother. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So, Mike, give us a little history of Follower of One. I know when we first met, you talked about you know how you came to the Lord and you you began to you know I guess struggle a little bit like everybody does with sharing the gospel and the way the Lord. Yeah. Uh, made that path open for you. And, and and what you guys have created, I think it's pretty exciting. So let's just start with a little history. Without inviting everyone to start snoozing, uh, my, <laughs> my problem with faith at work and how I live my faith at work started the day I became a Christian or the day after, because I was working in a job I didn't like. I was already in my career. I was 30 years old. And I realized that my old worldview wasn't the way the world worked after all. And so now I want to take part in my new Christian worldview, but I had a job. Mm -hmm. And I was asking God to put me in the ministry. I think we'd had some missionaries who came to our church and talked about how they were called into full-time ministry. And they sold their house and they moved to wherever it was. And I told God I wasn't sure I wanted to move, but I wanted my faith to be what I did all the time. I wanted to be in ministry. And I kept asking God to put me into ministry. And over the years, I learned that basically the answer I was getting was, okay, you're a minister. Now get back to work. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how many people that, you know, they get that answer and they don't hear it. Yeah. Not that you listen. It's just, it's not what you expect. Exactly. Well, we want to. We think we're supposed to. With so much of what we model Christianity after what happens on Sundays, mm-hmm. or what we see with missionaries and things like that, and so it forces us to live our Christian life. Living our Christian life becomes something other than what we do at work, and that's kind of the struggle that I had. Thirty years of struggling with this ended up resulting in Follower of One, which is an online community. And it's, the reason is to just because we need the Christians in the workplace to help one another, to remind us that we have a calling and how we do our job is part of that calling. Every one of us is called. And follower one, we get to remind one another of that. And then we came up with some ideas of ways that people can re-engage with Christ in a moment's notice and just go, oh, yes, I remember. I'm a Christian. Let me do what Jesus would have me do. And that may mean doing my job very well, but I can also be praying for people and doing other things that we often don't think about. You know, it, it's interesting. We, you and I were talking before the show began about you, you don't have to be the boss. You don't have right. to be in control. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. I mean, all that's wonderful. 
but I, 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 like you and I both, I think have experienced and, and we've certainly talked about the false belief that if I'm not in charge, I really can't have much impact for Christ. And yet you look at the examples of Daniel or you look at the examples of Joseph who, you know, made profound impact over multiple decades and in, in, in Daniel's case, multiple empires. And because he was a faithful guy and you talked about how we do our work. Uh, I just got back, as you know, from Brazil, and we were talking about Daniel as an example whose life really pointed people to God before his words did. And and in right. Daniel 6, it says he was a, a man of excellent character and mm -hmm. excellent work. And that, that's what I just heard you say is that, you know, yes. what does that really look like? So, so, uh, so what did you, after 30 years, you're wrestling with, I want to be in ministry. I want to be in ministry. And, and God says all this, you have been all this time and no doubt he used you all that time. How did you begin to make the shift? What was it that, that, began to break the Sunday-Monday divide, if you will. So probably the biggest break after my initial kind of phase of becoming a Christian in the workplace occurred right after 9-11. When 9-11 happened, I had spent probably the five years previous to that working on my career. And when 9-11 happened, I was making more money than I had made in my career at that time. I had moved out of the family trucking business into the telecommunications and technology industry. And, you know, I felt like I was doing a pretty good job in my career. And 9-11 just kind of woke me up mm. to the fact that there were greater things going on than just how much money Mike had in his account, his retirement account. And so my question to God, I started asking God the same question. Okay, God, so this time, are you going to put me in the ministry or are you going to leave me in the workplace again? And as I was driving to work after, because we stayed home a couple of days from work right after that. But as I was starting back to work, I had about a 20 minute commute and I was driving in and I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And the only idea I could come up with was to pray for my coworkers. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to get a new job today. But today I could pray for my coworkers. And so I started mentally walking through the office and praying for each person I passed and just asking God to bless them, to show me how to make a difference in their lives or show me what he would want me to do. And it was a couple of weeks past. And uh, some of the younger members of the that company came into my office and asked me if I would join the gym with them. They needed an eighth person to get the company discount. <laughs> and and here I am. I, now, for a couple of weeks, I've been asking God to invo involve me in these people's lives. Mm. And uh, and I'm not much of a gym rat. And uh, I, I told them that I need to think about it and talk it over with my wife, but I would probably do it. And they left. And I just thought to myself, you know, God, if they'd asked me to go to a bar, I'd have gone, but you have, he has such a sense of humor to get me going to the gym with them. And so I started going to the gym and it was just a way to get to know my coworkers better and to pray for them more. And so I started seeing God make things happen. Little conversations would happen, or I'd get to, I'd learn something about someone else. Mm -hmm. And that company went through a pretty difficult downsizing because if you remember, there was a pretty big financial ramifications related to 9-11 yeah. and the technology industry was hit pretty hard. And in the downsizing of that company, there were several vice presidents that were kind of at each other 
about how to do that. And through my conversations with people in that workplace, I realized that many of those people were Christians. And I was almost convicted at how differently that downsizing could have taken place had we been aware, one another, of what was going on and how God was involved in this. And wouldn't it be great if we could glorify him by the way we manage this downsizing? And um, I was really kind of convicted about the siloing that happens in our world because most of us, I've in my experience, many of us don't talk with people about our faith who don't go to church with us. And so making faith part of my daily conversations, not forcing it into things, but just asking questions, learning about what other people thought, and that kind of a thing became more of the conversation because once I can identify who the believers are in the organization, now I've got someone to ask to pray and to do things with. Mm. And so it just became a way of building more bridges and building deeper relationships with the people that I work with. Because I always felt like that was my ministry. I was spending all my time there as opposed to, you know, going back out to church for another class or something like that. I wanted to be invested in the lives of the people that I worked with. Yeah. Well, you know, you think about it, and we all know this, that we spend the majority of our waking life at work. Yes. You know, not with our family, certainly not at our church. Um, you know, not in private times with the Lord. We spend it at work with people, mm-hmm. and it's it it it's so very much like He says, "You, you're in the ministry." You know, mm-hmm. open your eyes to see what I've given you already, and that and and you were faithful to go through that. What was the big challenge or biggest challenge? I guess I should say when you when you began to mentally transition from, you know, I want to I want to be involved to okay, I am involved. These people are coming to me. They're uh, they're inviting me into things or opening up to me. And those who can't see Mike on screen, he's got a really a warm smile that I, I know people just want to talk to him. So he, God gifted you that with, with, even with that. So, but what, what was the big challenge or biggest challenge or hurdle that you faced kind of moving more and more into that? What, how did you deal with it? Even today, after, after 30 some odd years now talking about all this stuff, there are many people in my career who, if they're hearing this podcast, they go, oh, that can't be the same guy. You know, <laughs> I, I struggle with this. And, um, and I apologize to a lot of people over the years. I joke with people about how I had many good and bad bosses, but I also was a bad boss. So I have a firsthand experience. You know, it just the trial and error of all of it. I think God helped me, though, because what I didn't want to do was just uh, go through the motions. I Mm. wanted to make sure that people understood that Jesus was part of the reason why I was doing what I did. And when I get so overwhelmed with my tasks or my deadlines or the pressure, my bosses or things like that, that's when I behave badly. And I kept reminding myself. I need to be able to focus on Christ through all of that. And it's, it's very difficult because it's the minute you start to go to work, even if you work remotely, you live in this world that wants to be separated from God. Mm. And so remaining connected is a challenge. And that's part of the reason why I kind of came up with these five ideas of things that I believe we can all do every day in any position that kind of put us back into the flow with Christ. They put us back on mission with him. Let's go with that, Mike. So, because I know that's the heart 
of follower of one, uh, these five principles, five practices. So walk us through them and, and unpack them a little bit. So the first one is pray. You know, that that idea that day actually goes all the way back to when I was first a Christian. I was whining to God about the fact that there were no other Christians in my company. And I found out that our uh, overnight delivery driver was a Christ follower. And he and I started sharing prayer requests. And one day I was whining to God about all that. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I got this idea. And it was, you know, why don't you quit telling me what you don't have? You know, I can make the FedEx guy show up anytime I want. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and so just just praying for people. Just in fact, we talk about three kinds of prayers that are particularly helpful. There's all kinds and it all matters. But the first one, the prayer that I default to is here I am. I use that like I'm punching in. Mm -hmm. Here I am, God. What do you want me to do today? I want to clock in. God's sovereign and he's omniscient and he's all powerful. Therefore, if I punch in, the rest of this is his problem. <laughs> and, and if I can punch in every day, then he starts using me. He starts, I say things that I didn't even know that the way I said that mattered to someone else. Mm. Or things like that. You just so punching in is the first idea. Just here I am. Uh, the second prayer is to pray for the welfare of the people that we work with, that God would make Himself visible to them and that He would bless them. And then I also pray for Thanksgiving, that I'm a thankful person, even in the things that I don't like to happen. Because when I get overwhelmed or when I get negative, that's when I'm not a very good witness at all. And so those are the prayers. So can, can, before we go to the next point, can I sure. take a little, little rabbit trail here? Sure. You said, because I think a lot of our listeners, myself included, um, we've all had those moments in the workplace, whether it's, you know, in the U.S. or it's overseas, wherever, where we look and we realize, man, that was not good. You know, the, the way I spoke, the way I acted, whatever. We've all done that. And I know the temptation is to beat ourselves up. To, to carry shame and, and to be quiet. We stop yeah. serving because the devil is there to tell us, see, I told you, you're no good. So just a quick rabbit trail. You went there and I, I want to, what do you say to believers when they get in that moment? As you did, I'm, I'm being a bad boss. What, what do you, how do you coach other disciples in the workplace? So the only thing you can do is the best you can transparently, sincerely do to make it right. You know, the, one of my mentors said, all you can do is the next right thing. Mm. And, you know, one of the one of the coolest things about our faith is we don't get disqualified. Having lived following Jesus in the last hour doesn't disqualify me from following him in the next hour. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I didn't want to just have this job where I stayed out of trouble until Sunday. <laughs> and I, I'm asking God to use me. And so, oh, I screwed up, God. What do I do? Well, go make it right. Go out of your way to make it right. Do what you can. We, I was in the, um, most of my early career was in the logistics and freight industry. And one time we had a customer, I had to call a customer and tell him that their shipment was going to be late. And he chewed me out because it was a very tense shipment. Mm -hmm. And he was shipping that product to a bunch of customers that day. He was supposed to deliver that material that day. And he said, uh, he said, you know, I need, 
I don't really need you to tell me this is going to be late. I need someone to call all these customers and tell them their stuff's going to be late. And I said, fax me the list. Mm -hmm. You know, if we'll do whatever, if we'll go to the extent of that the other person was offended, if we'll do whatever that takes, then all of a sudden it disarms everyone. And we start realizing and remembering that everyone's human. We see so much tension in our world right now people sniping from one side of the aisle to the other and all this yeah. other stuff. Yeah. But if someone would just do the Jesus model, which is turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, do whatever it takes to restore peace, then that's all you can do. Yeah. What? Thanks, Mike. That's so encouraging because it is something we can do. We'll be right back after a short break. The Business as Mission podcast would like to thank our sponsor for this episode. Anchor. Anchor is the free platform for creating and publishing podcasts. Check them out at anchor.fm. They are part of the Spotify family. I remember somebody asked me years ago, they said, how long after you sin and confess can God use you again? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, it depends on what you did. No, it doesn't. It doesn't depend. <laughs> exactly. But we 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 don't get back in, and your answer is so practical. Like you know, acknowledge it and do the best thing you can to make it right. I mean, that's and, and I think listeners will go with it. All right, back to your back to your principles. I didn't mean to pull you too far off. That's but okay. I just know that's common. So principle number two. I love the prayer thing. We can all do so, that. So so principle number two is appreciate others, hmm. and that's actually the last one that I came up with. But I realized that it went in second spot. Because 1 Corinthians 13 says that if we do whatever we do without love, we're nothing. And so appreciation is this putting other people ahead of ourselves. It's doing what's best for them. And um, I had put together this list of things, and I got to looking at it and said, you know, if we did all of that and we didn't really love the people that we were mm -hmm. working with, it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so appreciating others and, and doing it in such a way, the key is to do it in such a way that they feel appreciated, not they they shouldn't feel awkward. And so I want to try and figure out for every person that I work with how I can bless them, make their job easier, do something else for them personally. And it, it requires that we get to know them and understand them. We can't just, you know, do the sales guy kind of thing where we thank you for, you know, we're we're grateful because they did something. We need to figure out ways and people uh, appreciate they have they have an appreciation language. Mm, like certain, language. Yeah. Exactly. And so. Understanding that a little bit and being sensitive to that and asking God for guidance, that's the second thing is appreciating others. Fantastic. OK, the third one is knowing what we believe. And for many of us. We know a lot of Bible and we know a lot of doctrine, but I'm actually talking about what Jesus told the man in Mark chapter 5 to do. The guy in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, is the he's sometimes called the Gerizim or Gadarene demoniac. Mm -hmm. He had this legion of demons in him. And the, the legion of demons went into a herd of pigs. The pigs rushed down the cliff. And the people of that region are so shocked by what Jesus has done, they ask him to leave. They don't want him sticking around. It would it would be like Jesus showing up in Las Vegas or something like that. <laughs> they really don't want him. And so as Jesus is leaving, the guy who was healed, who's the real subject of this whole 
event, not, you know, all this other drama. But the guy who was healed said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no, you go back to your people and you tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. The guy basically got one sentence of seminary and got sent into a hostile world where no one else was a Christ follower. And all he knew was what Jesus had done for him and how he had mercy on him. And so when we talk about knowing what you believe, it's being able to tell the first person story about how you're different because you follow Jesus. And you can do it in one or two or three sentences. And that way, when someone asks you, why are you doing this, which we'll get to in the fifth point. But when someone asks you, then you can use I and me statements and tell them your story. You're the expert on your story. Mm-hmm. You don't need another authority for that. You just live a life that backs up that story and people will ask. And so it's like, who can argue with that, right? It's your story. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. And we don't have to, you know, I don't have to remember Bible verses and things like that either. I just rem- I just know what I was like before I trusted Jesus and how my life changed after I did. Mm-hmm. So that's the third the third point. We we're actually two, three, and four. We kind of iterate through these. The fourth one is serve others. I mean, Mark ten forty five. Jesus says, "Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve." Mm-hmm. The model we have isn't preaching, it's serving. We serve other people, and and we're all built in such a way to where when someone genuinely serves us, we appreciate it. And therefore, we've been given the universal language to be able to tell other people about Jesus, and we start by serving them. Now, I made it the fourth bullet because we have to get ready for what happens when we do. But when we get out of our job description, that's one of my kind of code words for this is to go beyond our job description, because anything that I can explain, if you do any action in your workplace that can be explained as something that was helping advance your career, then it doesn't count. Mm -hmm. It's only the things that you do that just can't be explained any other way. Well, even even thinking about, you know, the the quote from from Mark, where you know, Jesus says the Son of Man didn't come to, to mm-hmm. be served, but to serve. And then he goes on to say, and give his life a ransom for many. Exactly. So it isn't, there was no advancement to him, even in the serving. He, he was yes. 100% for us. So that's a, that's a great way of looking at that principle. Yeah. And so, and then the fifth, the fifth, uh, what we call these daily activities or daily habits is uh, speak for yourself. It's when someone asks mm-hmm. from 1 Peter 3.15, We give a reason for the hope that others have seen. We tell them about our own story, and we use I and me statements. We speak for ourselves because we we don't have permission to tell other people how they have to live. We didn't. When someone asks me, you know, why are why are you willing to stay late and help me with my job when it won't get you anything? I'm not being asked to tell them about how you get to heaven. (laughs) <laughs> I've been asked to answer this question, right? Mm-hmm. And so I tell them, well, I do this because when I followed Jesus, my life changed, and I want to help other people, and I know that I can. And so it just whatever you say, you need to say it your way with your words, mm-hmm. but it needs to be sincere, and it needs to be using I and me statements, because that's what you were invited to deliver. Exactly. You know, we, you and I have talked about this before. We use in our company 
the phrase living lives that invite inquiry, right? Mm -hmm. It's your life yeah. and the way you're working. Is it is it the kind of life that gets people to say, what is it about you? Yes. Um, and however they ask you. But the amazing thing to me is we all, and this is what I like about your five principles, Mike, is that we all long for that to happen. Every one of us wants to have somebody ask us because let's face it, uh, opening the conversation is difficult. But when a coworker says, hey, you know, why did you do this? Or tell me about this or that. It's so easy. And we think that's nirvana. But what you've laid out in your principles is is a, a I won't say step by step, but it kind of is a way of living that life prayerfully, thankfully, appreciatively. You know, you're you're living the life that is very likely going to invite inquiry as opposed to what am I supposed to do? You know, I have a big fat Bible on my on my desk. Do I have the gigantic cross around my neck. I mean, what, you know, what does I do? And and that's why I liked when you and I first talked about the whole follower of one approach was that you're just being, you're just being real. And when you're real, the right moment, people will ask. So when you go through that, I know this is accessible in different ways. You have a website, followerofone.org. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go there. It'll be in the show notes and, and learn more. But what's, what will they find when they're there? What, what would a person expect to see and, and ways that they can plug in and benefit from what you guys are doing. Certainly. We have a, so we, we have an on private online community. So you'll be encouraged to join the online community and there's no cost to join. And we're still, we're still figuring this out too. There are about 750 people in the online community and not all are terribly active. But it's in the online community that we do these things called marketplace mission trips. And that's what you'll be challenged the most to take part in. A marketplace mission trip began as a two-week activity where we the first week we would go through these five daily activities and explain them in devotionals and videos. And then the second week, we challenge you, we call that action week, we challenge you to go into your workplace like you're going on a mission trip. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's a little different about these is, is we schedule them and we do them like a cohort and we have Zoom calls this scattered throughout the two weeks that uh, for people to get on a Zoom call with people that you don't even know from another city who are trying to do the same thing you're doing and pray for one another about what's going on in our workplace. And so you'll get invited to take part in a marketplace mission trip. That all happened because years ago I was having a conversation with a pastor and he kept inviting me to go overseas with the church. And I said, well, I drive 30 miles a day to work. How is that not a mission trip? Can we not turn that into a mission trip? <laughs> well, you're definitely taking your life into your own hands when you drive to work. So <laughs> exactly. Especially if you're from Memphis, right? Oh, so, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, but uh, so you'll get invited to take the marketplace mission trip that way that we just came out with a six week version for small groups that's based on a weekly kind of calendar. And it's a workbook that you can purchase mm. at followerofone.org slash workbook. Um, but that's a way for people who can't do this daily devotional mission trip kind of format. This is a weekly format where there are daily suggestions of things to do every day. So it works out to being six weeks, which is longer, but each day's suggestion is just a simple Bible verse, praying, asking God to do a particular thing in your workplace that day and making some notes about what happened. 
So I look at this and I just I just want to find ways to drive more people to your website when it's all said and done. I mean, keep going with what we'll find. Yes. But I just I think about I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of believing friends just in the American context, you know, not even yes. thinking internationally, which is kind of where yes. my passion has been. But I think there are many, many people in the business's mission community who are, are who would love to, to connect to this as well. I mean, this this could really become big. So, all right. So I love the I love the 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 mission the what mission trips. Yeah, I love that concept. I mean, it's a beautiful way of thinking about it. There's an extended course. What and the the online community, which you give me the link to. Confess, mm -hmm. I haven't joined yet because I didn't want to do it while I was in Brazil. But it is going to happen. I'm looking forward to being a part of that. What else will they find that will help them live out their faith in the marketplace? We we do a daily five minute podcast, and I try and use the word today at the four minute mark. I'm trying to come up with our my dream is that we concentrate on what we can do, not what we can't do. Mm. And so every day I take a Bible verse. And I talk about it a little bit, and then I use that as a launch point for, okay, so today, as you go into your workplace, maybe you're remote, or maybe you commute, or any of those things, maybe you're retired, or you're a stay-at-home parent. The five minutes is something that you can do easily, and if you ask God to help you put that to work in your, your daily life that day, then what you'll notice is at the end of the day, you did. And uh, and so we've been doing the five minute daily podcast. We do podcast interviews like this as well. But my dream is to help everyone see that we're all missionaries. We're all assigned to our own sphere of influence today. And we must have what we need. And therefore, all we have to do is step into that. So the podcast is probably the next thing. We have a monthly newsletter. We actually invite people once they've gone through some of this, to become regular financial partners with us. Because if you won't put your money in this, then your treasure, your heart follows your treasure. Right. And so if you won't put your own money into your own marketplace ministry, then I haven't done my job of calling you all the way into this. And so that's another thing that we do. But we're figuring this out as we go. I've been telling people that for five years but now we've been doing it for five years. So I'm stopping acting like a newbie because we've been doing it. You know, well, it's like you it's, go ahead. I go say, I think you fit perfectly into the BAM community because we're all figuring this out as we go. Exactly. Every, every year seems to be a new revelation of, of ways to be more effective. And that's, yeah. So, Hey, we're all newbies, brother. You know that. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other thing that like you and I talked about, it just always bugged me that if I wasn't the boss or if I didn't have discretionary time, then my job was to just stay out of trouble until Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't believe that that was the way God designed this to work. And so now we try to come up with something that people can do in less than five minutes every day that put us on mission with Christ. You know, I, it's funny while you're talking, Mike, and I, I know we need to start wrapping up and we'll do this more, but the idea that we somehow bought into this, I've got to spend three or four hours in Bible study and prayer every day before I can go to work and be used of God. And, you know, all these things we put on ourselves. I love that. And I'm sure some people might go five minutes, but five minutes with the Lord and his word can be enough for a lifetime, yes. uh, certainly for the day. And so I love the idea of, you know, just 
I don't know, set, resetting the compass, whatever analogy we want to use, but just saying, okay, here's here's a few minutes to get your head in the right spot, your heart in the right spot. And now, hey, go to the mission field, go where God has placed you, because that's where he's going to use you. That's where he's going to bless you. Exactly. And uh, wow, I love the story. So, um, Mike Henry, you got to come back. You got to you got to get more involved in the business's mission world because we have many many people that are great at going into hard places, setting up their businesses and and running them to the glory of God and, and, and wonderful stories. But I know for a fact that many of the members of our community uh, they still struggle with this simple question of how do I live out my faith in the workplace. I've, tr- I've crossed an ocean to be here and do a business, yes. but I'm still not any better at it than I was in New York or Memphis or wherever. Right. And yeah. so I just, that's what excited me about getting to know you was this, I think this is a great resource for our community to, to become connected with. So again, guys, it's going to be followerofone.org and it'll be in the show notes. Go and check it out. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, you'll get to know Mike a little bit better. And you'll see his face on videos if you take some of the classes and stuff. And you'll see what I mean about a, a warm, friendly face with a great smile. So, and by the way, he has a great haircut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we call it, we're starting to call it the family haircut. And so mm-hmm. many, of us, many of us have this. But Mike, any any parting counsel or encouragement to our audience about this? I th- I'm grateful that God's using this. Uh, you know, we have... You know, we didn't get to tell many of the stories and things like that either. This is a great way for us to move forward. And so I want to encourage anyone, take a shot. Just start with here I am and watch what God does with you today. Mm, Amen. Amen. Well, you mentioned stories and this is the BAM Stories podcast. So we're going to have to have you back to hear some of those stories. But I wanted him to get the concept first. I love it. Thanks so much for being with us. Mike Henry, followerofone.org. Thank you. I'm grateful. We are too. Thanks for listening to the Business as Mission podcast. We invite you to become part of the story by supporting the BAM podcast at patreon.com slash BAM stories. There's a link in the notes with this episode. For more information, go to thirdpathinitiative.com or triventure.com. Please share this podcast and give us a review wherever you listen.